0: Headed to the top, but well, I lost a few homies. To yeah. Some to a bullet, and some to be in phone, Niggas just hate, me, I'm saying niggas, Joe, me. Joe, me. Shorty says he love me, baby girl. You don't know me. Stuck to the plan, now I'm getting banned. Banned at the band at the band. After band. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what's going on? It's the late night date night podcast. You know, it's your host Philly Salad Man, hood's top model, flies to the fly, coolest of the cool, and all that. But tonight we got a special guest, Complex Angel, the author of the new urban book. Should I say urban book? Yeah. Or no, it's not just the urban book. It's a true story told through a fictional character. The author of this hit book. No apologies. Available now. I think it's fifteen. You can get it on sale for fifteen, but I think it's regularly twenty dollars. Why you laughing? You can laugh on the mic. Laugh on the mic. Cause it's
1: not twenty dollars.
0: <laughs> it's fifteen dollars, I think. How much it's is 15. it? It's fifteen. It's fifteen dollars. You can get that shit right now, but um, e-book is eight. E-book is eight, and audio book coming soon. So, Miss um, Complex Angel, why why is this book even titled No Apologies? What you not apologizing for?
1: I named it No apologies" because I wanted women um, who have been in like a lot of toxic relationships. Every time you hear them talk about what they put up with the man, they always beat themselves up saying they was stupid and everything. And um, I've noticed women who get out of domestic violence relationships, they get into this habit of always apologizing because they were in a cycle of being critiqued a lot. So basically, this is saying like, let's stop apologizing for shit that we do it. We don't see it coming it makes us stronger but also no apologies for telling my truth because i lived in fear of what he would think if i you know he found out and i'm like it's not about you it's about me so
0: no apologies for telling my truth so this book is your true story yes is your true story mm-hmm. so i mean i know you say no apologies like so what exactly do how do women apologize like what you mean by that like
1: when you when you're getting critiqued by someone being in a domestic violence relationship is very confusing because it's like they find any reason to be mad. Like, I know in my situation, um, if I was quiet, my abuser, he had... I'm going to just call him Rodney because that's what his name is in the book. Rodney would get... um He had a problem with it. Like, oh, why are you so quiet today? If I listen to certain music, like if I listen to those... Those man bashing songs, it it was a problem to him. So it's like I was always on edge, like, trying not to make him mad and stuff. So basically you try, like, you you lose your self-confidence and everything. And it's like when you're around people, you get into the habit of apologizing because you've apologized so much to that person. And you have to, like, really learn to look at everybody, like, everybody's not as him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can express yourself and no one's going to jump on you. But it's a whole, like, rebuilding your
0: mental and everything. So when in domestic abuse relationships, uh, you so the abuser, I mean, the, the person that's abused mm. always apologizes to the abuser. They don't hold the abuser accountable?
1: Oh, you can't hold them accountable. They don't. They They're always going to blame it on you. And when you're in love, like, I was I was in love with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wanted to just, like, really be the one for him. Whatever he needed, I wanted to get it for him. Like, he had a perk addiction. So I was always going broke, buying perks, just thinking, like, okay, that'll keep me on his good side. But whenever he was high, that's when we fought. Like, he would be high out of his mind. Um, I tried to be everything for his daughter, but it was just, like, it wasn't good enough. He still found things to complain about and he would do little things like he would pick me up sometimes with different females in the car just to get reaction out of me because he wanted to have a reason to like you know fight and everything like that but if I tried to hold him accountable it was always my fault you know what I'm saying like he always like he he never he, he never took fault like like he never took blame for stuff that he did it was always my fault well you're the reason why I'm like this you know what I'm saying and all this type of stuff like if I reacted it was like you're tripping, you know what I'm saying now I gotta put my hands to you. So you get that fear you get into a fear of like not wanting to fight. I know for me, I didn't want to fight. I'm four, eight, you five, six, that's not tall, but that's taller than me, and you're stronger than me. I don't want to fight, so I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to prevent it.
0: Okay, so what part at what point in a relationship did you feel yourself falling in love with them? Oh, that's a good question. Um.
1: We we talked a lot on the phone before I came to Philly, cause mm-hmm. the backstory is that we went to school together when we um, lived in Michigan. We went to Southfield Public Schools. Um, we, like we went to middle school and high school together. We had classes, rode the same bus, lived in the same neighborhood. But it was just like always, like an associate. But when he got back in touch with me, like May of two thousand seventeen, we talked on the phone for like two months straight. And it's, like, learning just, like, different things about him. I was very intrigued, like, him being, like, riding dirt bikes and stuff. I'm like, you don't really see black boys do that. So it was different. But, like, moving down to Philly and everything, I think the first time we had sex is, like, when I noticed that I was, like, really starting to be intrigued with him.
0: Y'all yeah, remember reading that part in your book? <laughs> oh, gosh. It was, real, it was real, real detailed in your sexual, sexual you know. Story. Um. Everybody says that. I I did that. I don't want. I want the readers to read that though. I I mean, you could tell, but I don't don't want to. I I did that.
1: I made I made the scenes very sexual because I wanted people to see what a soul
0: tie is. Okay. So you had. So you feel like you had a soul tie from the first time that y'all had sex.
1: Most definitely. It was. It was a very different feeling with him. Very different feeling, like. It was something that I wanted. Like, you know, a lot of girls, they need for a nigga to give them head in order, like, you know, like, give and receive for them to be, get ready to go. hmm Giving him head, I don't know, it just turned me on. And, like, I would be ready to go, like, wet as shit. I know. I was reading that in the book. Yeah. And, I don't know, it was, it was just crazy. But, at the same time, it was a lot of stuff going on at that time. Like, his baby mama was in the picture. Mm-hmm. So it's like a part of me had too much pride. I had too much pride to move back home because I'm like, I don't want to hear like, oh, I told you so. You moved too fast. I'm like, I'm going to stick it out. I got my job. I'm going to save up and everything, and I'm going to just move out. But it's like his his baby mama was in and out. She was in and out. You know what I'm saying? Cause she he, lived there? Yeah. She lived
0: there. How did fun. she feel about you?
1: She when she you didn't. Can- she was not happy. She was not happy at first. But it's like this man had had us both so brainwashed it's like we became one big happy family a dysfunctional happy family it was crazy it was like I can't beat you so I might as well join you you know what I'm saying because like she was she was like basically on the run since she was like 13 like she'd been like bouncing from house to house since she was 13. Her childhood life was like really fucked up and me having like such a good heart I think that that's what made me kind of like become cool with her cuz like you know I have attachment issues too from my childhood and when you have attachment issues you attach yourself to people no matter if they're toxic or not so like I I kind of attached to her and it's like we kind of had to help each other like we had to help keep each other strong you know what I'm saying cuz it it was scary like there was times where I seen him beat on her there was times where she seen him beat on me and it's like we sitting up here like it's not funny, but we sitting up here, like, fixing each other bruises
0: the next day. So, y'all were, like, sister wives? <sighs> you could Yeah, you, I guess you could say that. So, y'all never thought about jumping in?
1: And I was just about to say that. Like, not one time did we ever think to come together and, you know, fuck him up.
0: She not from Philly or something? She's from New York. Yeah, that's probably wow, she was from Philly. But she I heard a, New York is savage, too, though. Depend what part. She ain't wear Timberland boots and say, son, is she?
1: <laughs> I mean, no, because, like, she, she's been here for, like... The last like seven eight years, so she got a Philly accent now. Oh. Like like she she when I mean like she was whenever she was on the go, she was always going back home because mm-hmm. there was times where we had to drive to go get her and stuff.
0: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So what's the wait before we continue on that? Mm-hmm. What's the attachment? Describe that. Like you said, att- attachment issues.
1: Yeah. Um. So basically, in my childhood, I didn't have that uh that two parent household. Like my mama was in and out my life because she was on drugs. I didn't know my dad. So my grandma raised me. My grandma was married and like, you know, her husband, he worked at a plant job, but he was addicted to drugs. So it's like, I seen like a lot of toxic stuff growing up, but no one was really explaining to me. Like, you know, this is not, this is not something that you should tolerate. I knew it wasn't good because whenever they used to argue or wherever he used to get high and get paranoid, I would get, I would cry. But it's like seeing her deal with it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe this is just a part of love. You know, I'm thinking like th- this is normal. Mm-hmm. So things like toxic people, I could never tell who was good for me in my life and who wasn't. Because like, you know, a normal another chick would not be friends with somebody, baby mama. Come on, exactly. like yeah. in their right mind. You know what I'm saying? But I was like very sheltered and everything. So it was like I didn't want to go back home. So I'm like, I'm going to just deal with it until I can't deal with it no more. But it's like, like you said, over time, like we became like sister wives. Like he knew what he was doing. He was playing both of us, but he never liked for us to really be alone together because that's when, like, she would tell me things and I would tell her things. He didn't want to get caught up.
0: So did y'all? Did y'all all like y'all? Since y'all all stayed in the same house, y'all all slept in the same bed too? No, <laughs> no. But how did that work? Um, I mean, you talk about it in the book, right?
1: When, 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 when she first moved back. She was sleeping. He had three bedrooms. He lived in a row home. He had okay. three bedrooms. She slept in the middle room, her daughter's room, and she was she wasn't happy with that. Like I remember one night um, we was sitting downstairs. I was smoking a blunt. She was drinking, and she was just saying like that. She you know she was like I've lived here for the last six years. This is my home. Everything here I know, and I have to come back and sleep in like the you know middle room. It's not fair, mm-hmm. and it just made me feel uncomfortable. Like. And, and I told him, I'm like, you know you still love her, so why are you playing mind games with her? But he was really more so hurt because she had a baby with another guy outside of their relationship. Yeah, so it was like he wanted you, to play mind games. And, like, I, I really believe that he brought me down to hurt her. Because if she wouldn't have had that other baby, their daughter together would have been the last one. Because she had two kids when he
0: met her. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Did all the kids litter? <sighs> yes, they was all there.
1: It <laughs> it was it was So you understand what I'm saying. Like, yes. it was just... Like what the fuck did I get myself into?
0: Then the, aunt and the uncle litter or something, too?
1: Mm mm. Nope, his stepmom. Oh, it was, stepmom. Yeah, yeah, his. But his stepmom, she had. What 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 is that? Oh his dad God. litter? No, his dad passed. His dad passed
0: 2016. Oh, cause it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When I was reading the book, I was thinking maybe he might have did something with the stepmom before too.
1: No, no, he no he uh he passed 2016. Like once once you read more into it, you'll definitely see that. But um. She has like memory loss. Like, she had a brain aneurysm. Oh man! And like he he talked he talked to her crazy too. So it's like, basically whatever he said goes. Like she like he had her card. She never she never likes like she never had control over paying her bills and stuff. He kept her card. Bills would get behind because he would be spending money on perks and stuff. So like he was controlling everybody in the house.
0: Yeah, it seemed like he had a controlling issue yes. or a Napoleon complex. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, though. I don't know the guy. I ain't throwing dirt on him or nothing. Go ahead. But, um,
1: like, it, it, was, it was all of them in there. And it's like, if you said something, it was a problem. Like, he was so controlling to the point where I never saw my car. I was always in the house while he was out driving and everything like that, trying to find a way to get perks. And it's like, I was so scared to speak up, because when I did speak up, he was like, he, I don't know, it's like he had this type of anger in him that i never seen before. And then it's, like, the first time I seen him put his hands on his baby mama, that's when, like, I just, like, I don't know. I wasn't myself more after that. I'm just, like, I, I don't know. It's, like, I lived in fear with him. So, it's, like, I just let a lot of things just slide after that. Like, yep, in order for you not to put your hands on me, I won't, you know, I said I'm not going to do anything.
0: So... At what point did the
1: baby mom leave? Is that in the story too? Oh yeah, she was um in and out. Like the first time she
0: left in August, like for good. I'm talking about. Mm, it was never good. She was always coming back and forth. So she's still there now? I don't know. Did y'all two ever have a falling out? Yeah. Was that in the book? That's in the book.
1: Uh no, that will be in uh the next
0: one. Uh, would you mind touching about that a little bit? Not too much, but you know. um.
1: So I'm writing part two. It's no, I'm only, talking about the falling out. Oh, the falling out? Yeah. Um. Pretty much, I found, like, she had her own place. And when I got into my own place, it's like I didn't have nobody here. So I'm like, okay, I might as well hang out with her. But, you know, that's her baby dad. I can't stop it. You know what I'm saying? People, baby dads and baby moms, like, you know, sometimes they're going to fuck. I can't control that. But she was basically telling him things that I confided in her in. So I'm like, okay, I don't, I can't trust you no more. Mm-hmm. So it was just like I had to step back, and like she didn't understand why. I tried talking to her about it, but it, it was, it, I don't know, it, it it just wasn't right. Like it, it wasn't like a bad falling out, but it was just like I can't trust you because this is where you want to be at, and I don't want him to
0: know shit about me, but I can't trust you. So, uh, what what was the breaking point for you to make you leave? Wait, matter yeah. of fact, matter of fact, let's take me back real quick. Were you already in love with him before it started getting abusive?
1: Um,
0: Not just physically abusive, but like even started verbal abuse. Like, were you already in love with him?
1: I wasn't. I didn't start. I wasn't. I wasn't in love with him mm-hmm. until. I I didn't realize I was in love with him. I'll say that. I didn't realize I was in love with him until um, after the first time he put his hands on me. Okay. And I had left and I went to go move to West Philly with this girl. She was my coworker. And I don't know. It's like he was all I could think about. Like a, a deep sadness came over me when I was away from him. And I kept asking myself, why the fuck are you so sad and this man put his hands on you? Like, it, like it was, I didn't recognize myself. And when he reached out, I think like he had messaged me, like I apologized and everything. Like I wasn't even seeing the freaking like signs that I was in it. I was walking past all of this. So, you know, he apologized and everything. And I remember I told the girl, I was like, I want to go back. And she was like, he's going to make it worse for you the next time. He's going to make it worse. And I started saying all the cliche stuff that you hear a woman in the domestic violence. Oh, he's just misunderstood. He won't do it again. Like, I started saying all of this. And I went back and everything like that. And it's like, I was just so happy. And I'm like, I'm, I'm too in love. I'm, I'm too in love. I'm putting up with too much.
0: So how often were the fights?
1: Uh, he put his he put his hands on me the first time the day before Labor Day. I, I left, came back a couple of days later, then 2 weeks later he put his hands on me again.
0: So like they would come like Like I'm saying like was it like a constant thing or was it like a once in a while thing?
1: Once in a while for me. Once in a while. Every time his baby mama came, they were always fighting.
0: So what about verbal abuse? Like how Oh, often- it
1: that was that was every like he would be nice for a minute. And mm-hmm. then it would like uh, stop, so it, the verbal abuse would come like every day.
0: Would it be from when he high and not high, like?
1: When he's high and when he's not high, like he stopped. He stopped taking perks in February of last year. Okay. He got on Suboxins, that opioid blocker.
0: I don't know shit about none of that, but yeah. what well,
1: I, I mean, I thought I thought you heard probably heard from the streets. But it's an opioid blocker. He got on those and. Um, he was still like he like he was still angry. Like one time we got into an argument about gas money, he threw Kool Aid in my face, and that's when I knew because he he made me think for the longest time it's not me, it's the perks.
0: I ain't gonna hold you. I threw something on in a chick face. I threw water in a chick face before.
1: Wait. That's Why? when I was
0: because I didn't want to hit her. I was just through, I threw my drink I mean, on it before but that, I don't know. Go ahead. That was in yeah. the past though. Go but
1: ahead. see, but see, no. But like he threw it in my face, and then when I got up, because like he lifted the mattress up and everything. Because by that time I was sleeping in his daughter's room. I couldn't sleep next to him no more. Like I was, I was slowly getting fed up, mm-hmm. and like he had lifted the mattress up, told me to get the fuck out. And I went in the hallway cause I'm like trying to ask him like, why'd you throw Kool-Aid in my face? And he was re- he was ready to punch me right then and there. So I knew right then and there, like, it wasn't the perks.
0: This is just who you are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. but when did you first when did you fir- when did he first do the verbal abuse? Like, cause I know this uh I'ma say like in relationships that I've been in or dealt with, like I never really would verbally disrespect or I guess you want to call it verbal abuse. If you just insulting somebody, I guess it's considered verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. I would never initiate that in a relationship. It would be somebody else that initiated, and then that's when I would. Once
1: it's once it's, every action for you. Would, you would react.
0: No, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be like all right. You call me out my name like maybe once or twice. I might let it slide. But then after a while, I feel comfortable. But then it's like if you. If you call a woman out her name back, then she'll get all upset and offended. Like, damn, like. But I'm like, yo, you called me all these names this time, that time. But I'm saying, like, did you initiate it? Cause I know women, not to be on no man versus woman shit, but I know sometimes women like to throw their rocks in high hands. I'm not saying that's what you did, but I'm saying I've been in relationships and situations where a lady might have called me something out my name like once or twice, and then and one time I called her out her name, then it's a whole big deal about it. I'm not saying I would, I wouldn't never call you the b-word unless she was like. Got me super mad. I the first time, the, the first
1: time that he did that, um, when I I had came down the day after Fourth of July mm-hmm. to visit, and when I was driving because I drove, mm-hmm. and when I was driving back, he was like, "Hey, I want to come with you. I want to see family in Michigan." I said, "Okay, cool." He said he was gonna uh, he said he was gonna catch your way back back home. He said, "Don't worry about it." So we drove there and everything. I ended up applying for jobs in Philly, and I actually got someone to call me while we was back in Michigan like can you come out next Tuesday for an interview. Mm-hmm. So I said okay, cool. I drove back. And um he came with me. That Sunday we got back that Sunday and um he had popped a perk. I didn't I don't I never seen him popping in front of me. But he came in there and he was like I got to go get my daughter and I want to go by myself. And I, I did get agitated. Like you want to go by yourself to your baby mama's house. Like I got agitated, but I was on the phone when he was telling me. But my facial expression changed. So he was like, "I don't want to be around you. I've been around you this whole time. I just want to chill with my daughter." So I had. I was like, "Let me call you back," because I didn't want them back at home to hear me arguing and stuff like that. So, you know, I told him I was like, "You're not going by yourself. Like that's not something I feel comfortable with. Like this is this is my car." So. If that initiated it, Mm -hmm. it's the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want you to think that you about to sit up here and just be gone. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I was so tired from that drive. After a while, I just said, you know what, go ahead. But it's like, he was just like really like, like, like he he was just like really like condemning with it. Like, oh, I don't want to be around you. You're suffocating me. I just want to go get my daughter.
0: I have to cut you. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. How did you communicate that to him? Was it? Did you communicate it to him nicely or mean? Like, you know how, like, you said what you said, like, mm-hmm. how you telling it to me. But did you say, like, did you curse him out while you were saying it? Like, you get what I'm saying?
1: No, I mean, I was very assertive. Like, you're not going there by yourself. I don't trust it. No, no. Okay. You know, like, I, I was saying it like that. And he was like, um, it's, it's not even on that type of time. I'm just trying to go and, uh, I'm trying to go get my daughter. And then she's going to let me get some stamps and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with you driving the car by yourself just yet. Okay. So, you know, he was like, like, he, he kind of played the guilt game. So I guess my daughter going to starve while she here then. Like, I was like, you know what, just go. Cause like, it was just irritating. But that's when I've seen for the first time, like, okay, this is going to be a problem. And then it's like. Every day after that It's like he would just be so cranky And I thought like Okay maybe this is just Him on a regular basis I need to start working You know what I'm saying So I can get out the house and stuff But He he was just like The verbal abuse started I think like Once his baby mama moved in She moved in like I moved I moved here July 15th She moved in like Six days later mm-hmm. Like around my birthday
0: Yeah So yeah Do you think he was doing that? Oh,
1: yes, to get a reaction out of me. Yes, definitely. And her, too,
0: because wasn't he verbally abusing her, too? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's... that's... Like, he would spit, like, spit on me and stuff like that. Spit on you?
0: Yeah. Like, on purpose? Yeah. And you would take that? Was that before he hit you or after he hit you? Like, how did... Tell me that. How did it all escalate, like, all right, from starting off? Did it start off, like, verbally, then spitting, then physically? Like, tell me, like, the order it all started. If you don't mind. For me or for her? For you. It's all about you right now, Shorty. <laughs> it was
1: it was verbally. It was verbally.
0: hmm
1: Um the first time he spit on me was the same night he put his hands on me. Uh he was he was upset because I went all the way out to Ardmore, Pennsylvania to get my hair done by this lady.
0: It's not for her. I gonna... know,
1: but from where he lived at Germantown, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was upset because he had to go into his perk money to put gas in the car to come back and get me. And his daughter wanted to spend time with me. Like, his daughter was very close to me. Mm -hmm. And um, he was texting me, like, the whole time when I was getting my hair done, like, you fucking lucky my daughter with you. I just want to leave you, you dumb bitch. Like, just saying all this stuff. And I snapped. I called him, and I'm like, well, that's the least you could do is put gas in the car. Like, you driving more than I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't understand why you tripping. So... He basically was like, oh, like, you want to show out and everything like that? I'm going to show you. We get back to the house and everything. Um We was arguing. He spit on me, but he, he made it sound like it was an accident that one time.
0: That's crazy.
1: And then that night was when he
0: had choked me. So the first time he uh, put his hands on you, he choked you? Mm-hmm. What caused him to choke you just from that same argument?
1: Um, Everything had died down. I had went to go lay down. He was watching Power. He had it blasting. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm going to just tune it out because I'm a light sleeper. But then, I don't know, he just started fucking with me. Like, he told me, oh, you're snoring too loud. I'm like, oh, my bad. I couldn't go sleep in the other room because he had all of his daughter's clothes, like, on the bed. So I'm like, okay. And, like, it was it was too cold to sleep downstairs. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you ever lived in a row home, but, like, when it's cold, it's mm-hmm. not it's not insulated down there. So if it's cold yeah. outside, it's like that in there. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just stay up until he go to sleep. He wanted to have conversation, and he could tell I wasn't feeling it. So he was like, "Oh well, since you got attitude, go sleep downstairs." So he gave me this thin ass sheet, and I'm like, "I'm about to just go to my car and get my blanket." Like I was just dealing with so much shit. So I closed his door. He said I slammed it, and I was like, "I I basically out of frustration, I was like, just shut the fuck up talking to me." Like I was I was I was sleepy. So I go downstairs. I was going outside to get my, uh, to get the blanket. I had to get my hoodie because it was cold. He came up from behind me, snatched me by the back of my neck, threw me on the couch, and started choking me.
0: How you told him to shut the fuck up? Mm -hmm. True. So, how did he even, all right, after that incident, Mm -hmm. I know that's in a book, Mm -hmm. but how did you even, like, get back to the point after that choking incident? Did you leave right after that? Or did you I, stay?
1: Um, I left. Uh, I had went to work the next day. Mm-hmm. And um, I was real quiet that day. And the girl that let me stay with her, her and one of my other uh, coworkers, we was walking to Chipotle over there off the <clears> Roosevelt <throat> Boulevard. So So um, pretty much, you know, they was like, How you've been quiet all day. And I just started crying. And I broke down. Like, I told them what happened and everything. And, like, the girl said, like, she just knew. She was like, I knew he had a perk addiction, I, like, on the outside looking in. So when our coworker had went in to order his food, she pulled me to the side and was like, "Listen, I have a two-bedroom house. It's just me and my two boys. Come stay with me." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Okay." I said, "I'll be there by this Saturday," cause I was so scared to leave. Like, what is he gonna do if I try to leave? So um, pretty much, uh, she had called me that day after after work, and he was upstairs sleep, and she was like, "You need to leave now because if you if you stay to Saturday, you'll never leave." So I'm like, okay, well, I just got to get my stuff. And she was like, leave all that there. I'll replace it. But I still got my stuff. He was asleep. I was able to get everything, and I left. And it's like I didn't regret it because it's like, okay, I finally get to see other parts of Philly that I've never seen before because from July to September, all I did was stay in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like all I ever seen was like all I ever did was go to work and go home. So it's like when I finally escaped, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing – Different parts of Philly that I've never seen before. Like, I'm really learning it. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. reached out a couple days later. Well, he cussed me out that night. But he reached out a couple days later, put that nice act back on. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to forget what you did. I can, like, you know, let, let, let everything will get better. Because you got to understand that it's this, it's this thing called oxytocin That little cuddling feeling. Listen, I can't, I can't listen, I'm not no psychiatrist, but from the book I read, Fuck Him, Nice Girls Finish Single, Mm -hmm. Brian Knox, the guy that wrote it, was saying that it's just a feeling that women feed off and, and, and they let it run with it. Like they believe, like it makes you feel like this person's the one you, you know what I'm saying? You are so stuck on first perspectives. So when a person shows you their true colors, you are so fixated on the first perspective that you're trying to get them back to it. That's how domestic violence works because it's like this person was so charming and then this monster's out, but you're just focused on how can I get you back to that nice person. So when that nice person came out, I'm like, yes, he's back. This is who I want. Mm-hmm. It's me. Like, you know what I'm saying? You start to like really um, blame yourself for a lot of stuff. I'm like, it's me. Okay, I'm going to just push it to the back.
0: We are going to work it out. Nope. Don't work like that. So what got you to just have the courage to just leave? Mm. What gave you the courage to just leave? After
1: that fight, after, after he threw that Kool-Aid on me in April, mm-hmm. I was just like really fed up. I'm like, this
0: is who you are. Quick question. Yes. What flavor was the Kool Aid? So, no, no disrespect. I'm you sorry. You get on
1: my nerves. I do not know. It, <laughs> right.
0: so, I'm sorry. it was
1: red. Oh, no. <laughs> don't put that on the podcast, yo.
0: I'm sorry. I can't put that on there? No. All right. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm not sorry. supposed to. Anyway, <laughs> yo. So, um, you out of pocket. So, um, after he did that, I went to my boss and I asked her if I could have two days off. Mm hmm. He would think that I'm at work, but I was really out looking for a, a new place to stay. Yeah, a new place to stay, and I lied and told him that I had a visit that was four hours away. He was trying to go with me, and I was like, "No, nah, I'll be good by myself." So I went to go start looking for apartments. Now, in the back of my jeep, it's like this little compartment that you lift up, and I was hiding all of the um the like the folders and stuff back there because I didn't want him to catch on. Mm-hmm. I got approved for a place. Everybody was telling me, like, oh, don't tell them. Just be out the day your lease is." Man, yeah. I'm such an honest person. I didn't tell him where I was moving to, mm-hmm. but I said, hey, you know, um, I got me a place. I'll be moving in in July. I just want to let you know because I know we've been arguing a lot lately. You know, I'm but I'm, I'm letting you know you ain't got to worry about me much longer. Oh, he was pissed. Talking about him, oh, you did this shit on purpose. I knew you was going to do this. And he was like, you probably got a savings account with money in it. I did, but I was like, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> but you said you don't like the
1: lie, But go ahead. I, I told him I, I. mean, because it's like I didn't. I didn't want him to. I didn't want him to know about that. Mm-hmm. But before he found out about my place, whenever he he was working at this time, he was working at Fridays up three o nine as a line cook. Before he would leave, he would always leave enough money for me, his daughter, and his uh, stepmom to get food.
0: Okay.
1: After I told him I move, I was moving. He used to just leave money only for them. Like he wanted me to just tap into my savings account, so I didn't have it anymore. And I remember one day I had told him, like, his baby mama had came back to visit. And he wanted me to take him down to the water place because the water got cut off. He got it cut back on illegally. He got it turned back on illegally. Mm-hmm. And I guess the guy came out and, like, popped up unexpectedly and seen it was turned on illegally. And he was like, you got seven days to come down and get on a payment plan or I'm turning it back off. So he wanted to use the truck. I told him. That he couldn't use the truck because my boss had asked me to do like an um, emergency pop-up visit. I said, but I can still take you. Mm-hmm. No, nah, you want some bullshit. You just saying that because my baby mama back here. Well, you can't stay at my house no more. You got to find somewhere else to go until your place is ready. I just said, fuck it. I grabbed everything. I took my cable boxes. I took my internet modem because the cable was in my name.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I took everything and I just left. I said, I'll sleep in my car if I have to until July. So this was le-
0: May. So you're left without a fight. He was he book. was he was at work. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. Good. So So what gave you the courage to write this book? Why did you write this book? I know it's your story, but like what made you want to write your write your book? Because I run into a lot of people that have like interesting stories like you. Mm-hmm. And I say you should write a book, and they say no.
1: <laughs> I had a mentor named Drew Miller, he's from Brooklyn. Um I used to talk to him a lot on uh Facebook. I found him in this cause I, I wrote other books before. But I'm I'm taking them down and revamping them, getting on that's another story. But uh, he read my first book called
0: Honey Flavored Tears. What's that about? That book it sounds, was. This, it sounds. Uh, I wasn't going to say. This, it sounds <laughs> delicious. <laughs> sure. Honey flavored tears. Go ahead, that friend.
1: book was about um, a girl who was like very convenient. She was uh, in love with this guy, mm-hmm. but like he was her best friend. And it's like I mean like well you it could sound say like a
0: true story that I went through before go ahead.
1: Yeah. You could say they was more than best friends cuz like they, they they were fucking stuff but it's like she was caught up in a love triangle because he like he he had an on and off relationship with this girl named Zaria that mm-hmm. he was so in love with but whenever him and Zaria was on the outs it's like his Diggle. best friend was his comfort zone. But it's like she didn't real like you know he didn't realize like you know you're using me and stuff like that like i'm in love with you and it's like you only use me for your convenience. So it was about that. But um he read it and he said like I feel like you're not going deep enough. He was like, Your story you need to tell your story. He said, Your story is gonna be your bestseller. So I'm like, Okay. So I was at home because after after I left that abusive relationship, one thing that people don't talk about when a when a woman or even a man leaves an abusive relationship, you go through a lot of aftermath. Like you go through like a lot of anger. You go through a lot of like regret. Like I know I was angry Mm-hmm. I was embarrassed because I'm like I'm sitting in this apartment. I have no furniture like I lost so much dealing with you and it's like I was just so angry. So I'm like I need to write you know what I'm saying like maybe this would be therapeutic for me. But it's like the more I was talking to people about it because I was like I want to write it from like an addiction perspective. You know at first I didn't know I didn't know if I want to write from addiction perspective. but when I was telling them that I really want to write the book everybody was like motivating like yes you need to you know what I'm what saying you like it'll be really good. I didn't start, I didn't want to write it from an addiction perspective until I took this writing class with this lady. Mm-hmm. And she kept asking me, um, who's going to be your audience? And I'm like, well, women, women who's been in a toxic relationship. She was like, well, no, you got to narrow it down. So then I was like, I want to talk to a woman who's still in an abusive relationship. And she was like, okay, well, you just got to, you know, figure out how you're going to talk to them. You don't want to educate them. Because a person who's still in this, they don't want to be... They'll feel like they're being lectured and they're not going to want to read the book. You got to pull them in. Make them feel how you felt. So I said, I'm going to write this from an addiction perspective. Because that's what it felt like to me. Like, a lot of times I told people I wasn't leaving. I would be pulling up to his backyard like I'm pulling up for some crack or something. It's not funny, but... um, I don't know. And it's like whenever I was with him, I never answered the phone. Like, I just felt like someone who was like, you know... I was living, like, a second life that my family didn't know about.
0: So do you think the sex is what kept you?
1: Hell yeah. That's all? The sex. uh, His stepmom was like a grandma to me because, you know, my grandma passed. Mm -hmm. His daughter, like, you know, like, just her running up to me when I get off work, waiting for me at the door and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was attached to all that. Like, I had attachment issues. So it's like, I'm like, you know, this feels like home. And it's like... I didn't trust other people that was trying to help me. Like there was a point where when I was staying with old girl in West Philly, I was looking at her like, what if I piss you off? What if I make you mad? You might kick me out here. Like I just felt like I couldn't depend on nobody but him. It was
0: crazy. I was obsessed. So I noticed in a book also you titled like each chapter at the certain songs, mm-hmm. like, um, what what inspired you to do that? Like certain songs sort of like you I don't tell me you love me by Big Sean and I Bad wanted for each... my health by K Michelle. Go ahead, I'm sorry for cutting. No, you're not.
1: I um I wanted each chapter each chapter I wanted it to be I love music. Okay. I listen to it like ninety five percent of the time. And I wanted each chapter to like um like I wanted each chapter, like I wanted like people to really understand what it was gonna be about. Like, Runaway Love, I wrote that because um, I was running away from my problems back in Michigan. I was, like, very depressed after I lost my grandma and my mama. And I'm like, I just want, like, a new start. And I thought if I moved to, like, another state, that would take the problems away. But it didn't. So that's why I called it Runaway Love. Because, like, you remember in the song, like, they was going through a Yeah, like, you know, like, like, she's stuck up in a place. Like, forced to think that hell is a place called home and stuff. Like, I just felt like Michigan was just, like... It was very depressing. I'm like, I just wanna, you know, go somewhere else. It was supposed to be Georgia with my cousin, mm-hmm. but then he came along and it was like, changed my mind and stuff like that. But um, each, yeah, each each chapter, it just like, it tells you what the story's gonna be about. Like like what, what, what each chapter's gonna be about.
0: So um, what would you say is the chapter that got the most response from people? Or people saying, what's their favorite chapter?
1: You know, I never asked somebody that. I asked, two, uh, I asked a couple people, what was your favorite part? Mm-hmm. And, like, they screamed. Like, one person, they really liked the part when I, seen, um, when I seen him put his hands on his baby mama for the first time. They said that was very powerful. And then there was another part where I was talking to my auntie. Like, I never asked them what their favorite chapter was. I should have asked that.
0: What's your favorite chapter? The end?
1: My favorite chapter writing Oh gosh My favorite chapter writing Was It was two of them It was I Don't Know Why And A Baltimore Love Thing By 50 50 Cent Those was my favorite two chapters writing Okay
0: So what So You wanna give us a synopsis of those two? (laughs)
1: Uh, I Don't Know Why That song is by uh, Jude Demorist Jude Demoris, Yeah I'm looking at that right now She she plays Star In the show Star
0: Never heard of that show. Okay. I
1: don't know who she is. <laughs> well, she's from Detroit. Her and the uh, her and the dark skinned girl Ryan Destiny.
0: I don't know who that is either. I'm
1: sorry. You gotta y'all. watch the y'all show. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know so- <laughs> who the one of y'all are. I'm sorry. So she was uh, she was in an abusive relationship in the in the um in the storyline, and I don't know why, it was basically saying like I don't know why I love you so much, and then it's like but she was answering it like, no one has your touch, no one has your kiss. And it's, like, with him, whenever he would kiss me, it was just, like, ugh. being in love with a narcissist, man, it's, it, I don't know, it's it's so hard to explain, but it's, like, they give you a different feeling. Like, they really study you. They know what to say. They know what to do to keep you around. And he had me wrapped around him. And it's, like, a Baltimore love thing. I was listening to that song. Like even though 50 Cent is talking about, drug. like, a drug, like, you know what I'm saying, talking to, like, the addict. If you, if I was listening to it and I swear, like it was one night I was, we was riding to Checkers on Stanton and he was listening to that song and I had just came back. I had, I left like, this was one of my like on and off coming back stuff. And that part where he said, um, we have a bond and it's not to be broken. Mm-hmm. Like he was pounding, the, he was pounding the steering wheel when he said it. I'm like, I feel like he's singing this shit to me.
0: I really felt like he was singing y'all this shit to Women me. do that. Y'all be playing music, moods are how you feel the <laughs> no. guy, so I guess that's-
1: But you know when we, but you know when we say it all loud and shit like that. Oh yeah, she dedicating this to me. Mm-hmm. So, but those two, because I was, I, I really put my all into it. Um, I felt it when I was writing it, but it was like those was my two favorite scenes because I got to really put out like, I got to show a side of him, a vulnerable side of him. I got to show um, why I had attachment issues. I got to show how addicted I was to him. Like, I was I was very descriptive with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I put my... I, that was like a chapter I felt like, okay, you know what? I did my thing on this. I could go on to the next. I'm content with
0: it. What, what was the inspiration behind the cover? Um, I was
1: at my friend Tiana's house one time, mm-hmm. and she was in the kitchen. I was looking at her paintings because mm. she paints, and, I'm, and I wanted to buy one off of her. And every one that I wanted to buy, she was like, oh, it's for sale. This person about to come pick it up this day. And she actually had a painting of that same one. But when in the, in the torso, it was like the universe. Okay. So I was like, I like that because it seems like the person is like open you up into their world. And I was like, I want you. Like, she thought I was joking. I was like, I want you to paint this for me. I want you to paint this for me. But I want to put something else to represent domestic violence in the thing. Because I, I, said I, I said, I'm I said about to tell my story. And I feel like this is me opening up. Then, you know, I'm letting you into something personal. So at first we said, let's do like um, butterflies and stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. But then she didn't like the way her butterflies was looking. And she was like, this is about to be to the world. So I'm like, okay, let's just do a purple heart. You know what I'm saying? Like purple. I know I know it's a purple ribbon, actually. For domestic violence. It's not a purple heart. But I'm like, you know, but people drop purple hearts like in the domestic violence groups. So I'm like, like, let's just put a big purple heart because I do have a big heart and it's very forgiving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she made it scarred up and bruised up and everything. And we just fell in love with it. And I remember when I had my graphic designer put her finished touches up to it. I posted it. And I think like I got like 80 likes that day on Facebook alone. Okay, so I'm like okay, yeah. This I'm like this is about to be. I'm like the book cover about to really pull people in, like regardless.
0: Yeah, I noticed you got a lot of hearts on the cover. You got three hearts. What you mean? It's two hearts on the middle finger. So I'm. Oh shoot! Yeah, fuck she well. did. I, I never. Well, you yeah. got the purple heart on the inside. I never noticed that part. So you got good detail. Would you mind reading like two pages out your book? What or
1: page two? you want me to read?
0: Will I read the f- baby mama one part? No, I read a page that you that you feel like the audience that people that a lot of your customers talk about, like a majority of your customers, I guess.
1: I mean, <sighs>
0: my shoulder fucked up a little bit. <laughs> so, not Which I want to reach.
1: I'm done. Uh,
0: it is though. But, let
1: me see. I'll read the part that the person sent to me when they said that it was a, uh, it was real touching. You want to announce the chapter? Yeah, this is from chapter two. Same script, different cast by Whitney Houston Mm -hmm. and Deborah Cox. Um... Quick question.
0: Yes. Never mind. Same. I'm going to talk to her later. Something else different. Okay. Uh,
1: It didn't take long that night for me to fall asleep. It seemed like I had just dozed off when I heard Mariah yell Nicole really loud. I jumped out of the bed and ran over to Imani's room next door. When I came in the room, Rodney was standing over Mariah while she was laying down in the bed. She was kicking him with her feet to keep him off of her. He kept yelling, when's the last time that nigga brought your daughter Pampers, huh? And you gonna talk to that nigga while living in my house? I tried pulling him off of her, but he had this overpowering strength that was unexplainable. He instantly pushed me back and at the same time picked up her phone and slammed it hard against the wall. While her phone smashed into pieces, my heart stopped and my eyes went wide as I watched his fist go high in the air. The remorse in his eyes was gone as he slammed his fist down hard against her lip. You stupid bitch, you're not going to keep using me when you need a safe haven, he told her while squeezing her cheeks together. At that point, she was already blacked out. I covered my mouth while tears came to my eyes as I watched her body slide off the bed in a slump position. He called her name the first two times and she didn't answer. My body stood there frozen. All of the kids were up except for Ari, Ariel by that point. I can only imagine what kind of sight that must be to wake up and see your mama laying there lifeless while your dad is over her yelling her name.
0: So what advice do you have for women that are dealing with domestic abuse
1: Um, currently? Only you'll know when you're ready to leave. A lot of people are going to tell you it's going to get worse, but if you're really in love with them, you'll believe that he's not going to kill you, but... Trust me, it does get worse. You know, I had my abuser told me that he would never kill me, but at the same time, he loved punching me in my forehead. And one wrong hit can automatically kill you. I would say that you have to just start making your escape plan because it's not easy. It's not easy to leave. It was a lot of times I left, I couldn't even grab everything. But just know that you need to get around people that's not going to judge you Mm -hmm. it's not good to talk to people that does not know about this because they will definitely be judgmental. Oh, girl, you like this. That definitely, you know what I'm saying, eats away at a person's self-esteem. But you just got to get into support groups. It's not going to be easy. Even when you leave, you're going to still miss them. But you got to realize it hurts that they're gone, but it hurts way less than being with them when you're by yourself. You got to love yourself. And in order to do that, you got to basically break up with your old mentality and rebuild a new one. And being in support groups can help you with that.
0: That's dope. That's dope. Uh, Any last messages? Like, tell them about your book, where they can find you at.
1: So you can find me on Facebook.
0: You can find me? Or you can find me. I thought you wasn't revealing who you are. That's cool. I could cut it out.
1: Okay. You can find me on Instagram at complex underscore angel 90. You can get the book. No apologies by complex angel. It's on Amazon. Paperback is 15. Ebook is $8. And it's also on Kindle unlimited too. For people who pay $10 and 59 cent a month. I got y'all. Y'all can read it for free if you have Kindle unlimited. But I also be, I also ship and draw and drop off locally in Philly Chester, since I'm a social worker, I'm everywhere, so I drop off too.
0: Okay, and thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Hallelujah. Thanks for having me. Headed to the top, but I lost a few homies. homies, homies. Some to a bullet, and some to being phony. Phony, phony. Niggas used to hate, now them same niggas joke me. Since she love me, baby girl, you don't know me. I'm stuck to the plan, now I'm getting bass. Ban at the band at the band, stuck to the plan, now I'm getting bass. bands at the band at the band, stuck to the plan, now I'm getting bass. Band at the band at the band, stuck to the plan, now I'm getting bass. Ban at the band at the band. Band, band, band. Like my drink shaking, I stir. Had to go get it, ain't waiting my turn. When these hating boys out here gon' learn Gotta get up off your ass, boy, go earn Gotta go get it, ain't nobody gon' give it to you. I know life get hard, gotta live through it Whatever you going through, you gon' get through it Just get you a plan and you stick to it Show them the way, but they chose to do it different They ain't mad at me, man, they mad how they livin' They don't hate me, man, they hate they position when the table turn, watch how niggas start switching. Niggas used to hate, now they joke me Bitches say they love me, they don't know me Keep your pussy, bitch, just blow me Cruise low, and merry, and I ain't never seen COVID Boy, ball like I got five rings, I need five more In five years, man, I wanna have five stores. Need me a building with like five floors On a private island with like five whores Headed to the top I a to you, homies. Some to a bullet and some to phony Niggas used to hate, me I'm saying niggas, Joe me. me. Shorty says he love me, baby girl. You don't know me. Stuck to the plan, now I'm getting best. Band at the band at the band, stuck to the plan, now I'm getting best. Band at the band at the band, stuck to the plan, now I'm getting best. Band at the band at the band, stuck to the plan, now I'm getting best. Ban at the band at the ban at the bay, at the at the at the at the at bag at the back, bag at the bag at the bag at the at the bag at the bag lost a few homies lost a few homies, lost a few homies. Some was being phony, lost a few homies, lost a few homies, lost a few homies. Some was being phony.